Welcome back to another episode of Wellbound. We are your hosts, Brooke Snyder and Peyton Janicek. In today's episode, we are going to talk all about the benefits of forming positive routines and or how to form a healthy habit or routine. I think this is something that I know both of us have either worked on or struggled with and talk with clients about all the time too. So yes. Yeah. So I can kind of go into my experience a little bit. Um, I think throughout my life, like routines have ebbed and flowed, which is probably similar to like what all of you experience as well. There's times in your life where you're super busy and other times where you have maybe a little bit more time that it makes sense that those habits seem easier to form. Um, but specifically like I think back to when I was in undergrad and graduate school and just the sheer amount of like activities and things I was doing or what I was involved with. And I like, can't believe I managed to do it all. I know. I just, I feel like I was in such a routine and obviously like I had mental health struggles and everything else, but I still in that time, like I had my full routine, like I'd get up, you have class a certain time of the day. Like I had a job a certain other time of the day and you just kind of go about your day and you just get it all done. And that's including like going home and studying. And I don't know, I could not And this is why I always said, like, I need to finish graduate school right after, because if I leave, I won't go back. And I think that's true. (laughs) I feel the same way. Um, And so, of course, now, like in my life, it feels like there's a little bit more structure with knowing my exact work schedule, obviously in corporate, like I know what every day hour wise it's going to look like. Um, And so I'm able to manage my life and kind of plan life around that schedule. Um, and so my schedule recently has kind of shifted temporarily as far as activities outside of my work schedule, but typically I'm pretty good with schedules and habits. Um, what this typically looks like for me is so like Monday through Friday, you know, I'm working eight to five. I already know that's my set schedule. Um, the workout aspect, um, I usually always work out between three to five times per week, depending on other activities. And this works out for me because Kanan actually gets off work a little bit later, like around six or seven. And so I usually have, you know, one to two plus hours to kind of get those things done without feeling like I'm missing out on anything. Mm -hmm. So that works out well for me. Um, and then I usually cook dinner about three to five times per week because we just have leftovers the other day, the other days, it's just us two. So it's easy. And then obviously Paisley, right? So we have to factor in, okay, are we going to walk her? Are we going to have Kanan? He likes to run around with her, play with her, um, on the days that we can't get her out. Or are we going to go to the dog park? Um, I'm trying not to say things too loud because she's like right here and she will react. (laughs) She's at your feet. (laughs) Um, and then obviously like cleaning our house is needed. This is usually something I do on the weekends because Kanan works on Saturday. Um, and I'm usually able to catch up on a lot of things on Saturdays. Um, and then I usually spend like my evenings and Sundays with Kanan because he's not at work at that time. And then, I mean, there's like peachy plate things or like recording like this that oh, yeah. gets factored in. Right. But ultimately that's kind of like my schedule and what I'm set to most weeks but it just works out because my schedule is pretty normal. You know, yeah. at this point in our lives, like we don't have a ton of outside obligations. And so it's easier for us to do that at this point. And then also I feel like at this stage of my life, um, they're pretty be- good because like I said, we have those normally structured day-to-day life things. And 
of course, there's seasons of life where I fall out of habits. For example, like last year, actually at this time, I think, what did I run last year, October 23rd or something? Like it was like exactly, it this was like time exactly this time. Yeah. Um, but I was training for the half marathon and following that. So it was, I started training probably in like August or something, maybe end of July through when I got married in April my routine for exercise specifically was really, really great. I just kind of got into my groove. Um, it didn't feel like a chore anymore. And then following my wedding, I kind of fell off for a little bit. And I think this is because I was like traveling a lot over the summer, which was so fun, but it was harder to keep up with my routine. I will say that I'm not good when I'm traveling about keeping my routine. Some people are, I am not. So I'm not going to like go to the gym and do all these things. If I'm like in another state I'm actually the opposite. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like when I travel, I have less distractions and um, I'm kind of like in a new place. And especially if I like check out the hotel, like gym or spa Mm -hmm. or something, or if I'm in a new place, I'm like, oh, let's like run around the city. Like, so go for a run or like, anyways, that's so funny because usually we're so similar, but typically when I travel, I like always end up getting workout in and I feel like so proud of myself yeah like I'm almost better sometimes I do not I'm just like I can't and that's fine oh totally (laughs) fine totally fine yeah I yeah I'm just better when I'm at home and so um it was a little bit harder I think after to keep up with the like because my goal for exercise was at least four times per week and I was really good at that and most times I would actually hit like five because I just again got into this groove um And I've continued to work out since, but I don't always quite hit that like at least four times. It's usually three, you know, maybe even less some weeks, maybe more. And so there's also days and this is kind of gets on the side of like, okay, what are some things that I need to work on? And there's definitely days where I spend like too much time on my phone. Yeah. Um, I'm not really a TV watcher and I actually prefer the TV to be off when I'm home. Um, But my phone is kind of a different story especially when I like get home after working my full-time job and I'm doing stuff for peachy plate or I'm just like sitting there scrolling because I'm like mentally exhausted. And so I just want to like mindlessly scroll. Um, and so those are some times where I find that if, especially like if I'm not getting home from work and immediately like going to the gym, I'm probably not going to the gym. Yeah. Cause I'm not a morning workout person. You mean so, if you get home and you like get on your phone and start to scroll, yeah. you're probably not going. Yeah. That yeah. or like just sit down and don't, don't do anything <laughs> or right. like, Oh yeah. Get occupied at home. And then it's probably not going to happen because then I feel like I'm running out of time. Like I am such a time person Yeah, that I don't like wasting time. I don't like driving for a long ways to get somewhere. I just, I feel like I'm always wasting time, which is just, I think my age being younger and feeling like we have to keep up and we can't waste time and we have to do all these things and you have to fill your time. And something too, I think that plays a role is, um, the season's changing. Like I, for example, I had to go pick up Matt in Omaha this morning Mm -hmm. pretty early because he's having like some car troubles. And, um, anyways, I left my house at 6am and in the summer, whenever I'm going to work out at that time, it's like the sun's coming up Yeah, and it didn't get, the sun didn't come up until I picked him up at seven, a little after seven Mm -hmm. and then it gets darker earlier too. And so I think sometimes that adds to the whole time warp of like, Oh, I don't have enough time. Cause once it gets like, 
dark outside at like 7 30 or 8 p.m i feel like i need to be inside i need yeah. to be in the house well and i totally always get like the seasonal blues and like yeah it's where it's happening now kind of and i i feel fine but it's where you're getting up and usually like brooke had mentioned i'm getting up and getting ready to work or for work and it's like light outside yeah and then when i come home i'm it's still light outside so i can do a bunch of stuff well yeah. now we're getting to this where i wake up and it's dark and then I get home and shortly after I get home, it's like starting to get dark. dark. Mm-hmm. So then you feel like you don't have as much time in your day. Um, but with that, then kind of going back to the phone scrolling thing, like I already spend probably 90% of my work day on a computer. And so screen time is a tough one for me. And that there's times where I'm like, I really notice that it's a problem. And then other times I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like doing fine. Right. Again, depends on the weather. Like if I can be outside more, I'm outside more. If it's cold and rainy, mm-hmm. I'm probably not outside. And then I just try to find something to do to like distract my time. Mm-hmm. Um, but things that I notice that I can work on are screen time during leisure time. That's definitely one that I notice. I'm like, especially when I'm like, oh, I just don't have time. Okay. Well, there's probably a little bit of wiggle room where I can make time. Right. It's just when you want to shut your brain off and then you don't want to fill that with like, a brain stimulating activity. That's when I kind of want to do that. So that's one thing I can work on. Another thing is like planning meals ahead of time. I'm someone I really enjoy perusing the store, but I do a lot of like last minute decision-making at night. I realize like sometimes I have a good plan and we always have stuff that you can make a quick meal. Um, but I feel like it would help me from like going to the store again or like wasting a little bit more time doing that. But I really love the grocery store. Yeah, I know. So it's a problem. I know you love the store. Um, But with that, just again, kind of the not going to the gym right after work probably equals like not going to the gym. Um, Those are kind of the three things that I noticed that I can work on. Um, But I will add, so in the conversation about like forming habit or um, that kind of thing, like if you want to form a habit, it has to be important for you. Otherwise, it's like telling someone that they need to do something they hate. Like they're probably not going to do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's why it's so important in client talk of being like, I'm not going to set your goals for you or tell you what your goal should be. Mm-hmm. You need to figure out what you're passionate about or what you really want to work on. Yeah. Because otherwise you're not going to do them. Right. Like I can provide some education right. on what I deem important in a few different areas. Um, and then how I kind of do it is then I try to guide the client onto, okay, now let's form a goal that's mm-hmm. important to you. Cause yeah, I don't want to assign that for you if you don't care or right. if you don't care about that in the current moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it comes with that like intrinsic motivation or that like internal motivation to make the change. And sometimes it even just is an impact of like what stage of change you're in. So yeah, something that Brooke and I had to study a lot in school is like behavior change and like theories and all these different things. So we talk about the stages of change and I actually utilize this a lot and just like understanding where my clients are at when they're forming habits. Um, so there's like technically six, um, different stages and the first is like pre-contemplation. So this is if you like have no intention of changing the behavior. So this is for maybe people who are just they haven't even considered changing what they're doing. Um, they're just doing it, right? right? It's maybe a bad behavior. Maybe it's just something that they have formed as a habit over time. They're just not ready to change that at all. Yeah. The next step is contemplation. And this is where you're aware that something's a problem, but you're not really committed to changing it yet. 
So I always like to use the example of like smoking, like, okay, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm just not ready yet. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, same thing with nutrition. Like sometimes clients, um, they'll be like, I realize that this is a problem, but like, I don't think I'm mentally there yet where I'm going to make that change. And that's a time when I have to be like, okay, then we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on something else first. Cause it's kind of then like a building block. Yeah. Um, the next one is preparation or this is kind of like you intend on taking action to address the problem. So you're kind of like preparing a plan. You're thinking about a plan and you're just kind of thinking ahead. Right. Like maybe this is reaching out. Maybe this preparation stage for you is actually reaching out for help. So like meeting with a dietitian or a personal trainer or whatever. And then, so, so far we've done pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, and then action. So action is actively modifying that behavior. So this is when you're actually taking the steps to do it. And so if you're finally in an action stage, this is where you can kind of gain some momentum there. Um, And then beyond that is maintenance. So you want to start this action step, but you have to maintain it right in order for it to be a real habit. Um, and so this is sustained behavior change. And I think what's the time frame, like six months or something yep, is considered, um, a I kind of consider the maintenance stage as like the, like continuous action. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of like it's now part of your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I had gotten into the phase of when I was working out, um, for at least four times a week. Um, I kind of got into this maintenance phase where it was really easy for me. I just didn't even really think about it. I, it just became like my routine. And then what can be beyond that, um, potentially is relapse. And so maybe this is the time where, you know, I had my wedding and then I started traveling and I kind of relapsed back into old patterns of behavior, not necessarily bad behavior, just not to the level that I had been at. Yeah. And so then that kind of falls back into pre-contemplation. And there's variations um, of a relapse too. Right, 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 right. So it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like it's not like I'm going back to never working out. Right. Right. But it might be, you know, I dropped off two days Mm -hmm. when I was typically doing four or five. And so then you kind of start this cycle back over and maybe you skip a couple. Maybe you're like, okay, I went to relapse and I'm, I'm not just not thinking about it. I know that I'm going to do something about it. So maybe you already start on the preparation stage. So you kind of skip the first two. Yeah. Or, or, you know what it takes. So you jump straight into the action right, stage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of like revert back. So, but sometimes it may be all the way till like you have to start with pre pre contemplation again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think this is a really important thing to consider. Um, and we'll share a graphic, um, when we post about this episode on Instagram, but I think it's just a really great way to kind of, um, analyze like where you're at with your decisions and not make a million changes all at one time. Um, that tends to be something that I see a lot is, you know, when we think about changing a behavior or creating habit, we tend to want to do like 10 things at one time. Like I want to address exercise and nutrition and maybe, a meditation. I want to do that. Like there's just so many things and we really want to try to narrow it down to one thing at a time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. When our mind gets cluttered with kind of too much at once, I think it's really hard to make sustained change Yeah, and to even take a positive step in the right direction in any of those areas when we have like five or six things that we want to take place at once. So it's like, Hey, let's take baby steps. Start with one thing. What's the what's the one thing that's most important to you or the one thing that you feel like you could initiate that change maybe mm-hmm. the quickest. Yeah. So, Cause otherwise it gets really like daunting, very and, daunting, like overwhelming. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I kind of want to touch on my personal experience with my routine and routines as of late. I will admittedly say that I have been struggling in the area of a routine kind of in all forms. And I can, I can dive into it, um, a little bit later, but when I was a student athlete in college, my routine was very structured and it was structured for me. And I actually thrived in that environment. I absolutely like loved having a set structure and I performed well in a state like this. And I can still remember what that routine looked like for me on a typical day. Like I can take you back to college athletics and I would get up in the morning and I was always a breakfast person. So I'd get up a little bit earlier, make myself breakfast, had six or 7 a.m. weights, then class, then lunch at the training table. Practice would either start at 2 or 3 p.m. and go till about six, sometimes a little later. Um, we'd have recovery shower and then head over to the training table again for dinner would have some homework to finish up or studying whether that was like at study hall or whether I went home and did that and then went to bed and repeated the cycle over again. I will say that my social life was really built into kind of this very structured model for me. Um, in the past, obviously I'm not a college athlete anymore, but I think that was really beneficial at the time because I was surrounded by my teammates who were on the same schedule as me. So it helped with that social bucket and the sense that I felt like I had, I felt like I got that out of my current schedule or structure. Well, yeah. Cause it was nice. If you think about it, like everybody around you is kind of going through the same thing. So you guys were on about the same schedule. And there was like 15, right? Like think about 15 of your best friends being on the same schedule as you. And although that some days are hard, don't get me wrong. Um, and some days are long, you're all in it together. So Mm -hmm. there's that sense of community. And so like my social cup, I didn't have to worry about, about filling it. Mm -hmm. Um, it was already kind of filled for me, which was nice. But I will say that now that I am on my own, just over time, I have done well overall Mm -hmm. at maintaining a positive routine. But I will say I have developed some habits as of late that I'm not exactly proud of. Um, And I would say my workout routine, especially as of like this last week, has been super hit or miss. I recognize and realize that when life gets a little bit more stressful for me, this typically ends up being something that I now put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. I would say in obviously college athletics directly after that, it was always something that I've been really consistent with just in life. And even now, like I enjoy exercising. It's a form of like mental clarity for me. And so my, my misses really started in the dietetic internship only because the structure of my day had not changed. Mm -hmm. I was now working a 40 hour week and I needed to be at the hospital at 7 a.m. And then I would at 3 p.m. when I was able, 3 or 3.30 when I was able to leave the hospital, I would go and work a part-time job um, afterwards until around 8 or 9 Mm p.m. So, I mean, realistically, there wasn't much time for me to get a workout in. And I would try to get like a 10 or 15 minute one, but Anyways, I now notice that when I'm more stressed, I tend to put working out to the back burner, which is what I've kind of done even the past week, just because I've had some things kind of pop up. But regardless, I would really like to get back to my regular routine of 
working out around four to five times per week, just like you. Mm -hmm. Um, also my morning routine is pretty good for the most part, but there's an aspect of it that I feel like does need some work. So ideally I wake up pretty early and I like to go to a 615 workout class or get a workout in in the morning. This is how my day was structured back when I thrived in kind of college athletics. And I'm just, I would rather get up and get my workout done because like you, if I get home from my client meetings in the evening and the second that my butt hits the couch, mm-hmm. um, typically I'm not going to get up and then get ready to go work out. It's right. just how I operate. Anyways, in the morning, I will wake up, go to my 6.15 a.m. workout class, come home and make breakfast and my coffee, and then I'll shower and get to work. That is ideally what would happen. What typically happens is I do either go to my workout and get everything done up until getting started on my work, depending on what it is or what task it is. Um, so sometimes I'll procrastinate on my phone and this is like a problem that Peyton had brought up, but it's also a major problem, um, that I've recognized in my life lately. And I really, I really hate that habit of mine. Or, um, if I don't get up in the morning, I'll snooze my alarm, sleep later, skip my workout. And then I automatically feel less productive Mm -hmm. and more tense during the day. Yeah. Like when I get up and set myself up for success with a workout, I tend to be more productive and feel more accomplished during the day. So I don't know. I, I feel like I'm kind of just like beating myself up here. (laughs) Um, but something that I really am learning about myself that really does hinder my routine is my phone use. I kind of talked about my hit or miss morning routine and how my phone impacts that sometimes, but it oftentimes impacts my nighttime routine as well. So I will stay up and scroll on social media for way too long. And I'm always like, for what? Like to not get enough sleep, skip my workout and then feel less productive the next day. Like not, not good, bro. So I don't know all to say that building positive routines is is it's difficult. Yeah. It's hard. And although I think as human beings, we do like thrive in having like structure and a routine, it can be, it can be really difficult to set up those positive habits. Mm -hmm. And it's just as easy to develop a positive habit as it is to develop a negative one. Yeah. And I'll kind of touch on that here in a second, but yeah, the positive routine building right now is something that I am currently struggling with. And as my life specifically over the last like eight months to a year, I'll probably talk about the reason why in a later episode, but anyways, it's gotten more stressful or I've been stretched a little bit thin and I just haven't excelled in maintaining my positive routines and like really stepping up to that challenge. And I generally hold myself to a really high standard. And so sometimes that can kind of get me in trouble because I set unrealistic expectations. I'm a bit of a perfectionist as I think, uh, I think a lot of dietitians are very type a, very like high achievers, like perfectionistic. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, I can beat myself up about it. So I just think it's time to kind of recognize for me personally, like the current problems that I'm facing and decide, I mean, I need to go back to the stages of change model and really decide to make a conscious change or Mm -hmm. enter that preparation phase of kind of making that change and what that looks like for me um, and how I can put the phone down a little bit more. So um, I also recognize that this can be really tough when so much of my business is on my phone and on the internet. So I can be self-aware and admit that 
like I'm on my phone a lot, but in reality, probably only 40% of that is productive when I'm just scrolling and 60% is probably a distraction or procrastination of something. So not exactly the best, but something that I wanted to touch on and just say that like, yeah, Peyton and I aren't always going to jump on here and have the, you know, perfect vision of how this looks and execute it perfectly in Mm -hmm. our lives. Like we are people too and we have busy lives too. And it's not, um, it's not always easy, but I do think it's really beneficial. Like having positive, forming positive habits and developing a positive routine just overall helps your wellness so much. Yeah. And well, yeah. And I think too, just a lot of people, go through that same thing and how I mentioned like life ebbs and flows and there's certain times of our life that are more stressful or more busy than others so it's a little bit hard to stay on the train that like oh we're exactly we're doing exactly what we need to every single day yeah you know yeah it's difficult um but I do kind of want to touch on forming a habit or otherwise what's known as the habit loop I think it's really fascinating fascinating but there are three elements in the habit loop. So we have the cue, the routine, and the reward. What the cue is, is a reminder or trigger that cues you to perform the desired behavior or habit that you're trying to form. I'll just give an example in my own life. So for example, my cue in the morning could be my alarm clock going off. um, That would tell me to get up and get ready to go to my workout class. Mm -hmm. That would be my cue is that trigger in the morning of my alarm clock. The routine is the desired behavior or habit that you're trying to form. So in my situation, that would be either going to my workout class or exercising in the morning Mm -hmm. after my alarm goes off. That's my routine that I am trying to form. And then your reward is the benefit from performing the desired behavior. So in the example that I'm giving, this would be the reward would be the endorphins that you receive from exercising. What I think is really interesting is that the research kind of shows that the cue and the reward are connected, but the routine is actually what's developed over time. So your brain associates the cue and the reward together, but then the routine in between the cue and reward is something that you either learn or unlearn. Yeah, that's really interesting. For example, let's say my alarm goes off and that's my cue, but then my routine becomes snoozing it three times. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the reward of me getting that extra sleep or being more comfortable for another hour in bed, that becomes the new reward. So that's kind of how we can slip into either what we deem like positive or, or negative habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is just an example. Um, okay, so talking about how the cue and reward are connected and how the routine is developed over time. In my example that I just gave about exercising in the morning and then the reward being the endorphins that you get from exercising, let's say that we're just starting this habit off and I will admittedly say like, I only got two workouts in last week, which is not very normal for me. So let's say I'm a little bit more out of shape going into this next week. My brain may not associate those endorphins with a reward right off the bat. And so you can reward yourself at first in order to try to form a new positive habit. And so by doing so, again, I'm going to stick on the same example, but the habit, if the habit I'm trying to form is going to my workout class Monday through Friday or working out in the morning, again, my cue is going to be my alarm clock. The routine is going to be that workout class or, you know, morning run or whatever it is. 
And then the reward at first is going to be me working towards my own reward to develop this habit. So for example, after this is kind of what's talked about to achieve success with this. So after week one, so let's say for an entire week or for five days out of the week, I successfully go through the habit loop, the cue, the routine, and the reward consistently. I can reward myself after week one. And as a dietitian, I just always like to say like, try not to reward yourself with like food or drink. I always just try to pick like an item or like an experience. So maybe the week one um, reward is something kind of small. Maybe it's like a new chapstick or some new workout socks or Mm -hmm. something that's pertaining to the certain goal you're trying to achieve or the habit you're trying to form. So that's after week one. Then after two more weeks of success with that cue and routine, cue and routine, you can reward yourself with something maybe a little bit more, maybe like a new workout set on Amazon. Or I mean, if you have the budget, maybe that's even a new pair of of like workout shoes. I don't know. And so after that, like three week cycle, you can assess whether or not you feel like you've successfully formed this habit. And if not, after you kind of assess like, hey, no, I don't think this is a daily habit of mine yet. Fine. Let's repeat that three week cycle again until the habit or routine has stuck. But if you can, at the end of that first three week cycle, say, oh, hey, no, I think that this is something that's really stuck. Then great. You've just formed a positive habit by using mm-hmm. the the habit loop. So I think that that has been something that's been really helpful for me as I've kind of ebbed and flowed in my routines. Mm-hmm. And it's really helped me um, in forming new habits. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then like, Obviously, in some habits, I think will take longer than others. So if it's just like a little something that oh, yeah. is easy to incorporate versus, you know, something that's really a little bit more substantial in your life, mm-hmm. it's okay if these things take months. months. Oh, yeah. Like totally fine. I always say like, um, I always give my clients this example too. Like sometimes people's like new habit or goal they want to form is like making their bed. Mm-hmm. And after three weeks, they feel like it's a habit. Right. Um, but there may be something much more challenging in their life that they're trying to achieve that takes cycles of this three week cycle and ends up being months. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. When we talk about like habit forming, I think it's also important to maybe talk about like smart goals or the idea of goal setting. Um, and as I'd mentioned, like, I think it's really crucial to not try to do too many things at once, try tweaking like one thing at a time instead of revamping your entire routine. And so when we talk about goal setting, um, smart goals is what we typically will talk about. So smart is an acronym for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound goals. So you want something that's really specific. You don't want to just you know, pick something and have it not be concise. Yeah. I can give an example. Yeah. Do, um, like I want to drink more water. Yeah. And so I'd be like, well, well, how much, what, like, yeah, it's not specific. How much do you typically drink per day? What is more to you? Right. Um, yeah. So you kind of have to, you want to make sure that you're giving yourself something with that is measurable. So you want it to be something that you can measure because if not, how are you going to measure your progress? Mm -hmm. And so with water specifically, it's a good example. We can stick with that is okay. I know, you know, maybe I'm having two cups a day, which isn't unrealistic for some people. Yeah. Then let's increase that by, you know, two cups to start. Yep. And that's this like measurable because you know how many you're going to increase by, 
We want it to be attainable and realistic, which are kind of um, together, I would say. So you want it to be something that's realistic and something that you can do. So you don't want to go from drinking two cups of water to like 10 cups of water. Like, unless you feel like that's really realistic for you, but it doesn't sound like it would be, you know, because you're like used to having two cups. Right. It might feel like a lot. So maybe four cups. Then this feels like a little bit more attainable. I can do that at least to start. I can increase after, you know, a certain amount of time, whatever. So that's the attainable and realistic part. The time bound is kind of the round the round out of the whole thing. So you want to know how long this is going to take place for. And I always like to tell people too, like, don't give yourself too long of a time to measure this because it's easy to fall off when you're starting a new habit or a new goal. Yeah. So, I mean, when we talk about like daily habits, that's really how you end up forming a weekly or monthly Mm -hmm. or yearly routine. So in the case of water, if I am wanting to increase my water intake from two cups to four cups, I want to do that. My goal that I would give back to Peyton would be I want to increase my water intake from two cups to four cups daily. Mm -hmm. For how long? A week, two weeks. That's what I would say. Yeah. And then I would probably say like till the next time we saw each other again. So maybe, maybe that's two weeks Mm -hmm. from the time between appointments. And then you can continue to either build upon that goal or maybe once you hit that stage of change where it's kind of the maintenance phase, um, maybe that goal just turns into that daily kind of check in the box. Like, did I get my water intake? Maybe it's not four cups anymore, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. it is closer to 10. Did I get my 10 cups of water today? Okay, great. And then it's more of that like maintained or continuous action phase. Yeah. And so that's the like time bound piece that you want to incorporate is how long are you going to be trying this goal for? Because kind of like Brooke said, it's usually like, I, I meet with my clients typically like every week to two weeks. Longest is usually two weeks. And so usually it's about a two week time max that they're working on this goal because I don't know, we've all probably tried to start a goal or work on a goal, right. To create a habit. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, I'm going to do this for a month. And then two weeks go by and you're like, oh, well, I messed up last week, so I'm just going to try Or I could take a day off. Yeah. Yeah. And so it gets a little bit hard. So you really want to set a goal that you can be like really excited about and feel like there's kind of a close end goal. So then you know when you can change. And the reason that we want those to be short is because then you can reassess how it went, how you feel about it. If you feel like it's, you know, a time to increase from that, maybe after two weeks, you're like, oh man, four cups was kind of hard. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. Reduce it, reduce it to three Mm -hmm. and try that for another week. If that's easier for you, then we can move up from there. But that's the kind of thing where we don't want to do anything too crazy or unattainable. We want it to be attainable, realistic, and something that we're interested in, obviously. Right. Um, Yeah. Kind of just to spin off of that, something that we used to do in college athletics as well is we used to write down our goals Mm -hmm. and sometimes writing them down, even on a sticky note and putting them on your bathroom mirror or in a place, maybe it's on your desktop computer or the lock screen of your phone, someplace that you will see these goals every day because you wrote them down is so important to like visualize and understand what we're working towards. And the act of writing it down can just help so much. And then in addition to that, maybe 
maybe you don't have a dietitian that you work with or a wellness provider or a personal trainer or, you know, an accountability buddy that, or accountability, I will say professional Mm -hmm. that's helping you achieve your goals. But we all have somebody in our life who could be that accountability person for us. Maybe they're not checking in every two weeks like a professional would, but we could at least after we wrote our goals down on paper, we could at least speak them out loud to this friend, family member, partner, Mm -hmm. whoever it is. And then that person can hopefully try to help you either remain accountable and or successful. So I do do think those are just two small things in terms of goal setting um, that ultimately leads to habit forming. But try writing your goals down. Try telling a friend or a family member about them and, you know, try to make sure they are smart goals. Then let's see if the habit loop could work for you. Um, Let's evaluate what stage of change you're in, right? Like these are all things that will help us really develop and form those positive habits and then ultimately lead to healthy routines and healthy lifestyles. And I think that's really our goal here. Yeah. 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 I think the support person thing is a big deal. And I was going to bring that up if you didn't, but I think it's really important to have someone that, and I think it's very crucial that you are careful in who you choose. Yes. Cause you don't want to pick someone who's going to kind of like shame you if you don't complete the goals, because we do that enough to ourselves. Um, I think it's important to have someone who's just there as like a nice reminder. Like, you know, I typically tell Brooke and Kanan, those are like the two people who I know, like I'm talking to on a regular basis and you're not going to be like, Oh, well I didn't see you do this today. And like, come make me feel bad about it. Cause right. I, I obviously don't need that. Um, it's just a gentle reminder to be like, Hey, did you hit your goal today? And I can be like, uh, you know, and I can assess that myself. I don't need somebody to tell me that I didn't do it because you're very aware. Um, but I think choosing the right person, having someone there, if you don't have that intrinsic motivation, because sometimes we have that with certain things, maybe you're just really into whatever this goal is that you want to set. Other times they're a little bit more challenging or things that are just more complicated to reach. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think having a good support system or support person in your life is so important. I think writing down, like sitting with yourself, writing those goals down, that really helps me is when I actually put pen to paper and write down what it is that I want to achieve and display it somewhere that I'm going to, going to see it every day. Right. So yeah, that typically helps me. And then the habit loop has really also helped me. Um, this is a silly one, but it's helped me start to take a multivitamin every day. That's something that Mm -hmm. I've started to incorporate and the habit loop has helped me do that. Um, and I know it's helped a lot of my clients as well. So, and then it's also important too, to evaluate what kind of stage of change that you're in, you know, um, Peyton and I both talked about phone usage and that, there are times in the day where we deem it positive and we deem it not so positive. And so are are we ready to change maybe the, the not so positive, Mm -hmm. um, like phone usage times? Like, am I actually ready to, to plug my phone in, in the bathroom instead of by my bed where I can scroll? Am I ready to do that? Um, that's something that, you know, I'll have to address. And so I think it's important too to just ask ourselves those real questions when, when we're trying to develop positive routines. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. So yeah, if you have any questions about forming habits, um, you know, reach out to us. We're happy to respond to any messages in 
on Instagram. And, um, if you guys just need some tips and tricks for that, we're happy to help in that, in that regard too. Yeah, definitely send us a message. Our Instagram is at wellbound podcast, and we would love to hear from you guys. And we'll also post some graphics on our Instagram about some of the things we talked about today. So we'll go ahead and we'll throw up a stages of change graphic. Um, I'll put something together about the habit loop and then we can also put something together in terms of smart goals too. I think that would be helpful. Um, to kind of post. So be on the lookout for that this week. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, please leave a review if you haven't already. And that can be on Apple podcasts, um, or Spotify, whatever you use, please let us know what additional wellness topics you'd like us to cover. We are happy to really take what you guys are interested in. I think that's more impactful than us just, you know, always coming up with something, even though we'll try to keep it relevant. Um, We appreciate you so much and we'll catch you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye.